This episode's brought to you by the Peaky Fucking Blinders. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking right. We're doing the Peaky Blinders today, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing. You know? Yeah. But that's what we're doing because the new episode drops tonight, I believe, yeah. on BBC in the UK. <clears throat> yeah. So to, I guess piggyback off that because i was just looking and i remember you and me texting about it because i sent you like i follow like their official instagram page and stuff and today is what february 27th so mm-hmm. yeah i think it drops in the uk because it's a bbc produced show um but i can't really figure out it i read an article yesterday that made it seem like it's also dropping on netflix at the same time but i can't really so tell. they'll just upload them as they air them i guess but in the past, they've just kind of dropped all of them at once, which is how most Netflix shows work. So I don't really know how this last season is going to work. Or maybe it's just that when I've watched it in the past, I've been coming to it late and it, right. they're already all on there. But I thought Netflix pretty much just dropped all of their shows. At, like, here's all the episodes. Right. So the, if they do that, it'll probably be after the show's fully been released. So yeah, probably maybe. after like 10 <clears throat> episodes have come out and then they'll be like, yeah. yo, Netflix, feel free to, you know. Upload them all, and then we can enjoy them. Yeah, because I, I, I noticed I was on Netflix yesterday and scrolled past Peaky Blinders. And normally, like, if there's a show you've been watching on Netflix um, and there's a new season coming out, it'll say, like, more episodes coming or whatever, and it'll give you right. a date for when they're coming out. But it didn't say that for Peaky Blinders. So I'm thinking maybe you're right, and maybe it's airing today in the UK, and they're going to do episode by episode on BBC, and then once the whole thing is aired, then we'll get it on Netflix. That seems like it kind of makes sense, but it's weird because it's like, on one hand, it's a Netflix show, but it's also originally a BBC show, which is the same thing with Black Mirror, but I think it kind of depends on, I think Black Mirror, like Netflix took over production of that show, so then like, whenever that happened, season two or season three, seasons four and five came out, and they were just like, here's all the episodes at once, because we're Netflix, and that's how we do things, but like, prior to that, I don't know how that worked. And maybe it's not the same with Peaky Blinders. Like maybe they don't technically own it. They're just, they got some sort of a licensing agreement with BBC to like right. be like, hey, we're going to show this on Netflix to American audiences or something. I don't really know how it works. I'm pretty but. sure we get BBC for like Comcast people. Like you I'm might. Yeah. Sure you can watch get, BBC here. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think a lot of people have it probably. It's probably on cable. Uh, and I just don't think a lot of Americans are privy to watching stuff. Because I know like. Um, the, I've seen some stuff produced by BBC, like um, the Sherlock show with Benedict Cumberbatch was actually pretty cool. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it. They obviously started with like Black Mirror, Peaky Blinders. They they have like I'm pretty sure Killing Eve. That show started with BBC and like AMC somehow has the streaming rights to it or something. So I think I'd a lot enjoy, of it's a little bit. Weird. I think I'd enjoy watching shows on that because <clears throat> I don't believe they have the restrictions as far as like cussing and. You know, nudity. They got some and, good stuff, dude. Gore like, go as far as like what they can show on public TV. They're just kind of like, yeah. fuck it. We're we're pushing. You know, it's it's kind of like HBO. You know, they're like, we have no yeah. restrictions because you pay for our service, so we're yeah. just pushing this full. Yeah, I think it kind of seems like to me. Obviously, I've never like lived in the UK or been over there or anything, but it seems like um, they're the not B- a bunch of pussies. BBC might be like the HBO of like the prestige TV version of like what you can watch over there. Right. Kind of like HBO is over here. If you want to watch prestige TV, like that's where you want to go is HBO. So they got some really cool shit, but one of those shows is 
the Peaky Fucking Blinders. And I I have been on this show since college. Like, it started in 2013 was when the first season came out. So, I mean, if you think about it, this is season six that's coming out. I mean, that's, what, nine years to do only six seasons? So there was definitely some gaps in in between when they released a couple of those seasons. I think the gap between, like, season four and five was actually kind of long, too. And then I think this season six got delayed um, because of COVID and stuff. Like, they were supposed to put that into production in 2020, and then obviously that didn't happen. Um, but it's definitely – so I got into it in college, and that was that would have probably been, like, 2015 is probably when I started watching that. So that was probably only, like, I don't know, three – there were probably, like, three seasons in at that point. Um, but I fell in love with it. And it seems, like, super underrated in terms of, like – American audiences. I mean, I think Netflix has given it a whole brand new like life cycle kind right. of it's almost similar to like what happened with Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad became one of the very first like bingeable streaming shows because it was on AMC first and for its first few seasons didn't really like there was a small following for it, but like not a lot of people had heard about it. And then Netflix picked it up and was like, here's everything that has been released so far. We're just going to dump it on Netflix. And then it became like, got this whole new, you know, gigantic audience of fans who figured out what Breaking Bad was. And same thing has kind of happened with Peaky Blinders. I I think think it's more, I think you could probably say that for most shows in general because it's the ability to watch five episodes in a row and not watch one episode and wait a week to watch another episode and have commercials during right, your episodes. Right. It's it's one thing to sit there and be like, I just finished a whole season in five hours. Yeah. And not sit here and wait, you know, ten weeks to finish yeah. it. The so. the bingeable aspect of streaming TV became that, that like told that changed everything. Cause like you said, it used to be, you know, if you wanted to watch Lost or Breaking Bad or whatever as it was airing, you had to watch it when it came on on whatever day of the week that was at whatever time. You had to watch commercials, and then you had to wait a whole other week for the next episode. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I can watch this entire season in like eight hours if I want to or ten hours. Just stay up all night and watch it, which is like what a lot of people do with like shows like Stranger Things on Netflix. Like or Game that'll of Thrones that'll drop, HBO. and people will just watch the entire season straight through in like ten straight hours and just not sleep or whatever. So um, yeah, but anyway, I, I think Netflix kind of gave Peaky Blinders a whole new life cycle. But to get into the show itself, so for anyone, I guess I don't really now know why you would be listening to this podcast episode if you've never seen it, but. If you've never seen Peaky Blinders, it's basically set in like the early 1900s in Birmingham, England, I think. is Post-World War One in yeah. Birmingham, England yeah. with the uh, Shelby brothers. Right. And they are basically the leaders. Tommy Shelby or Thomas Shelby in particular is the leader of this like gang called the Peaky Blinders. And it's... It's actually like I think like I don't know how loosely or accurately based on a, an actual real gang it is. It's based um, on the th- the three brothers are real. Like they okay, they yeah. did. Um, like I knew they the were a real gang. Were I just real and, and the I don't Peaky know how Blinders, much I believe were a real gang. Yeah. I don't know how much the show uh, and the really episodes are based off that. of yeah. their story, but the the main characters I think are all. Yeah. Pretty much real. It's like inspired by, I think, by this this real these real people in this real gang. So they're basically they this gang, the Peaky Blinders, 
were known for sewing razor blades into the front of their caps, and they would basically take their caps off in fights and like slash people across the face with these razor blades. Kind of a nasty fucking move. So um, anyway, in the show, um, Thomas so, Shelby... So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, <clears throat> right. jump out of the episode now, go watch yeah. Peaky Blinders, and then yeah. give this a listen. So if you haven't seen it, that's kind of like the quick overview of what the show's about. Um, we're going to get into probably some more spoiler territory now. So like Matt said... Jump out now and don't get any spoilers because um, I highly recommend this show. You should definitely watch it. Um, basically, Thomas Shelby is played by Cillian Murphy, who's been in a whole bunch of shit. Like he played Scarecrow in Batman Begins. I think that was one of like the first say, big he, movies that I remember seeing. He's kind of got the face of a villain. Like, he does. He, he's got he does. the the complexion and kind of attitude to me of a villain. Yeah. Just. You kind of look yeah. at him and you're like, this dude should play a villain and, and, and something. he's one of those guys where I kind of like finding like actors or actresses that are a little bit like underrated because until very recently, um, he hasn't gotten a ton of like big leading man roles in movies. But uh, I remember Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, the first in his Dark Knight trilogy was the first time, first like big movie I had seen him in. And then he pops up again in The Dark Knight Rises, I think. And then he's also in Inception. He's in Dunkirk. And Christopher Nolan is casting him as the lead in his upcoming movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer. So that sounds pretty fucking awesome. He's playing Oppenheimer. Pretty pumped about that. So definitely Cillian Murphy's on the come up. Um, but he's a tremendous, tremendous actor. Like, he blows me away in this show, Peaky Blinders. Like, he's really Dude, fucking good. Everybody in this, in this show is good. Everyone I, I kinda, in the show I kinda, is I kind of went into it with like. <clears throat> A little, you know, skepticism on like, is this gonna kind of be like a goofy gangster show, like yeah. unrealistic shit? And then the more, like, the more I watch it, the more I was like, maybe it is a little unrealistic. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe it's not. Like, maybe this is legit. I mean, I wasn't a gangster back in the 1920s or like early 1920s, so I was like, maybe this shit like legit could have happened like i know you know like al capone he ran chicago right you know it's kind of the same like, time period basically just in a different place which i think is what makes it really cool is i think a lot of the gangster or mobster stories of you know, like movies and tv shows we see are more like 60s 70s 80s somewhere in there maybe even into the 90s but you don't really see stuff set during like the 20s or like the teens ever which is where which is when this is set and like these Tommy Shelby and his older brother Arthur Shelby and I think one of the other brothers are all like World War One veterans like they right. fought in World War One so they have I like how they play off of like all these guys are like already these hardened soldiers with like a little bit of PTSD who are now like living this gangster life and it kind of it's cool that it starts off I, I like the evolution of the show because it kind of starts off kind of small time like they're basically just bookies for horse races essentially right. and that's how they make most of their money and then they're like obviously like kind of you know physical enforcers for other people around Birmingham or wherever it is that they live and then as the show kind of progresses it plays into that typical story you normally see in something like this where like Tommy Shelby the main guy has these grand ambitions for like where he wants to be and where he wants this family to be and each season, it gets their their like reach and their ambition gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, and I'd, I'd say, excuse me, for the most part, each um, I wouldn't say they're villain, but each rival, each mm -hmm. new enemy, every season grows in a specific way that you're like, you know, 
you don't expect it. Like the first season, I'm pretty sure it's just another bookie who's got a little mm-hmm. bit more power, a little bit yeah. more men. You know, he's, he's a little bit more well known. Yeah. And that's it. You're like, oh, it's just bookie against bookie. Like yeah. this, this would be, you know, a normal probably, you know, week that they're fighting over yeah. who gets to send their guys to the tracks. Mm-hmm. And then you get to, I want to say it's season four, which I think was my favorite season with the Italian family. Yes. I, yeah. I wanted to get to that. <clears throat> let's, let's back up real quick before we get into well, that. Well, I was just going to say, you yeah. get to. You get to that season and you see the change in who he's dealing with compared right, yeah, to like yeah. that's a good like I said, point, season yeah. one. It, it's you know it's minimal you know casualties, minimal yeah. interference with things, and then all of a sudden you go to like a season four, and, and you're like, like holy shit, shit like this is fan. Yeah, an international yeah. war now, right, right? And you know, I was kind of like, all right, this shit kind of blew me away. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. fucking into this so, now. <clears throat> when you were. Telling me you wanted to do Peaky Blinders as an episode, obviously I was very excited because I think I, I first brought this up to you when we did our TV show bracket episode, and I remember bringing up Peaky Blinders on that because I had it. I don't know how far I had it moving in into the bracket, but I had it definitely beating several shows, and I was like, Peaky Blinders is one of my favorite like underrated shows I've ever seen. I highly recommend. And I hadn't it to seen like, it at that. Time. Yeah, and you hadn't seen it that because we did that episode probably a year ago or something. So I was like. Do yourself a favor, and at some point, if you're looking for something to watch, just watch Peaky Blinders. And I'm, so I'm so glad that you're like into it now and like oh, totally sucked into I the love world. Because there's show. not, I don't know too many people in my life who have seen it, so I can't talk about it with people that much. So I was really excited about that. And then I haven't actually watched the show since season five came out, and that was like 2019. And here it is, 2022. So it's been a while since I've seen those episodes. So. I did what I've been doing with a lot of my shows that have had new seasons come out here recently where I haven't seen the episodes in a while. I go straight to YouTube and just watch the recaps. And there's this great guy. Shout out to, I think his name is like the man of recaps or something like that on YouTube. He does these tremendous recap videos. I watched like a 20-minute recap video. He did seasons one through five, hit all the major plot points, talked about all the like side stories, all that shit. And I feel like I'm caught up. Like, I feel like I just watched everything. Obviously, I'm probably missing some small stuff. But it's just, you know, obviously, for the sake of time for the episode, I was like, let me just watch this recap, get kind of caught up and refresh. So to go back to what we're talking about, each, they they call them like series, but it's it's a season, essentially. Um, Each series or each season, there's basically like a new villain, kind of like Matt was saying, for Tommy Shelby and the Peaky Blinders to face off with. Season one is like you said. Um, it's like Billy Kimber, I think, mm-hmm. is the is the big bookie boss in town, and then it's also that detective Campbell. That's he was a Mr. really Shelby. good villain. He was a really good villain because he's like appointed by Scotland Yard, like directly from Winston Churchill or something, to like come in here and like disrupt this. Well, well I think there he's, he I, came, he came into. Because there was a shipment that was accidentally stolen. Yeah. That was supposed to be shipped to Ireland to fight the NRA. Yes. The, yeah, the IRA. The IRA. Or the yeah. IRA, not yeah. the NRA. The IRA. And yes. so that's why he was brought in. So the to government. Birmingham. Yeah, because the English government got involved and was like sent him there to like figure out what the fuck was going on. Right. And then he gets wrapped up in the whole underworld of Birmingham and the Peaky Blinders and. Uh, Billy Kimber's gang and all this kind of stuff, and he decides that he's going to make it his mission to like take these people out. Basically. Well, and it just so happens that you know Tommy Shelby did have the guns right by right, accident, right? 
So, and then it obviously, you know, I, I won't go over like every single plot point in all of the seasons or anything, but like the, the female characters in this show are also really, really well written and really well acted. Like the, um, I forget her name, but his basically it's, is it grace? Grace is his wife. That's his like, that's his true love. And she starts out in the first season as she's working as like a bartender at one of these bars that the Peaky Blinders kind of run. And, but you end up finding out she's actually working undercover for that detective Campbell guy. Mm And so that obviously complicates everything because Tommy's kind of fallen in love with her and all this kind of stuff. But um, I think her and um, Tommy's mom—I forget what their mom's name is. Do it's you, their aunt, Polly. Polly's Polly their Gray, because you have it pulled up over there. Yeah, so it's their aunt. Okay, yep. Polly's a fucking badass character, dude. I love dude. Polly. Well, so she kind what, of fucks stuff name? up sometimes, but she's also a savage. Like, Helen McCrory, you know, yeah. rest in peace. She did pass away. Yeah, I think she, she did. passed away from yeah, cancer. That's sad. She uh, did pass away last recently. Last year or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully some of these episodes, if they have her in here, you know, in her, in here, um, you know, can shed some memory for her. But yeah, she's such a badass fucking that character's character. Great. Yeah. I was just like, <sighs> Dude, just the whole idea of this show and basing it around a family, because that's what most, you know, old time gangsters were like based around was their family. Like, yeah, it was like, I mean, I'll just go into like the, the Italian mafia and the New York area. It was five families. Yeah. Then you worked for a family. That yeah. was it. You know, they were the family of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, the, the, the female character and even his sister. Yeah. I was going to say, like, so you've got, you've got uh, Grace, you've got Polly. You've got Tommy's sister, who I'm spacing on her. Uh, name. You could look Tommy's it sister is uh, like Ada or something. Is that right? Yes, Does that sound Ada. right? Ada. And then there's also that there's this character that is basically like a she's like a hooker essentially, and Tommy is like they Lizzie. they have known it, Lizzie. They have been they've known each other for like years. They like they were friends when they were younger and all this kind of stuff. And he like pays her for sex even though she keeps like telling him not to because like they're basically just kind of friends with benefits but he keeps treating she, her this she way wants to him, like yeah but he doesn't want her because he's in love with grace because he's in love with yeah. grace yeah. after they met right and then lizzie works for him as right. like his closest confidant more yeah. or less because she's brothers yeah she actually lizzie becomes really vital to the whole op like he trusts her almost more than he trusts right. anyone else like he gives her a lot of responsibility and it, it complicates things. Cause like you said, she loves him and wants him, but it's not reciprocated. Like he, well, want, he, he's all for grace. Like he's it, just in it, love with grace. At different points in the, in the show, he asks her to do things that she doesn't want to do. Like, yeah, I think it's season two when, uh, when they kill our friend, dude, I hate that fucking detective. Detective Campbell. Detective Campbell. That dude's a fucking. Oh, uh, by the way, Detective Campbell. So this this show has got a lot of really great actors in it. Apart apart from the normal series cast, Detective Campbell. For anyone out there who is interested, is Sam Neill, who is probably most famous for being in the Jurassic Park franchise. Tremendous, tremendous role for Sam Neill. He's so dude, fucking intimidating in this role. He he played it really mm. well, but fuck him, dude. He was so annoying throughout the entire time He's, he was in the show. He was a really like legitimately dangerous detective because he like he was there he he works for the law and he's there under the pretense of like stopping like 
you know, obviously these underworld criminals and, and preventing them from taking guns away from the NRA, all, all this kind of, or the IRA, all this kind of stuff. But he's also like, he's twisted enough to break and bend the rules whenever he feels like he can gain an upper hand on them. So it's not like you can treat him as a normal cop because he's not a normal cop. He's, right, you can't buy him. He, yeah, you can't. He's going to... He's going to act just like any other criminal that you would be going out. He just has the power of the fucking police behind him. You know what I mean? So he like to the to the cops, he's presenting this face of like, I'm doing this. I'm all above board. Everything's great. But in the shadows, he's like working and playing people and like he's you know, turning everyone against. So yeah. that, the guy's fucking smart. He's a <laughs> legitimate villain. If he couldn't get his way. No one else was going to get their yeah, way. Yeah. People were going to die. And it was him who set everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a big plot in that season one is him pitting Billy Kimber's gang against Thomas Shelby, and Tom, Tommy Shelby's trying to like broker a peace kind of before he can figure out a move to get out from under this Billy Kimber's gang. But like uh, Detective Campbell comes in there and starts feeding information to Billy Kimber's gang about Dude, he the just, Peaky Blinders yeah. and pits them against each other and all this stuff. It's it's real great. It's real great. And also, one thing I, I want to say real quickly about the show that I really love is like each season's like six episodes. Yeah. So you don't, it's six not, hour long episodes. Yeah. It's not like a big time commitment. It's, there's not 10 or 13 or 15 episodes. It's just like six hour long episodes. The writing is tremendous. The acting is really good. They, there's a bunch of like really great. Uh, Stephen Knight is the guy who created and directs most of the show. Um, there's a bunch of really great scenes, like slow mo scenes of them walking, like in just badass, like sharp suits with these cool hats on. Where like they're walking through this like industrial area right, industrial of England area with Birmingham, yeah, with like the fire coming out from the manufacturing stuff that's going on around them, and they're they're all smoking cigarettes all the time. Just really Drinking cool. It, it looks so cool. It's a really cool looking show. Yeah, I love that shit, dude. Well, dude, it's just. I don't know. There's like it, like I said, it, it brings you in because you're like, oh, I could get into this like gangsterish type movie. Yeah. And it, but it starts slow. Season one's kind of like, eh. There's not like a super, you know, something that like super drew me to the show. It was just more like I knew that it get bet like got better. Otherwise, yeah. people would be like, yeah, don't don't waste your time with Biggie Blinders. Yeah. And it got better and better. And Tom yeah. Hardy's in the fucking show. Yes. So that's what I kind of wanted to lead this conversation into. Because I think he shows up in the second or maybe it's the third season. He, he's not in season one. I'm pretty positive about that. But it's like. If he's in season one, it's a short stint yeah. of yeah. just like, hey. But, but I think it's funny, too. Is like, And this will encompass everything until the new episodes. But you have. Technically, you have the Americans with the Italian family mm-hmm. because he comes his son comes from America from the mm-hmm. Italian mafia there. Yeah. But then you have the Italians who live there from right. Sicily. Yes. Then you have the, the Jewish gang, which is yes. Alfie, which is Tom yeah. Hardy. Then you have, there's a Chinese gang, a there Chinese too. gang yeah. there, which they're in season five, four and five, I believe. And then the and Irish have their own gang. I think the Irish have the IRA. Yeah. yeah. But then you have the gypsies, which the gypsies, is yep. the Shelby family. They're gypsies, yeah. And then you have the uh, the Lee clan, which they're yeah. gypsies, but they're not like part of a gypsy clan. They're just yeah. gypsies, yeah. Then you have the police, which you could kind of say they're their own kind of gang because right. they whoever's def- they the highest are. bidder yeah. they go to, yeah. Um, and then you get to you have the communists who come in. That's right. That's right. But they come in. In the first season, mm-hmm. because Ada Shelby falls in love with 
Is his name Freddy? I oh, I forget. Freddy. I forget. That's going back really far for me, so I, I, I'm not going to be good um, at names. But she falls in love with, with one of the a, communist guys, right? With the head communist guy. That's right. That's right. And that complicates who fought, things. Who fought with the Shelby brothers in World War One? Yeah. But then they don't believe in communism. The communists are like going against what the Shelbys yeah. believe in. So they don't like each other. And Tommy wants to kill him. But then Ada becomes pregnant with his kid. Yeah, it gets very and complicated. And all this shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden at the very end, like... He comes at storming out with one of the stolen machine guns. Yeah. And they just end the fucking season one. And I was like, okay. Yeah. We brought a lot of people in really yeah. quick right now. Yeah. I, that's another thing that, you know, before we kind of start talking about when Tom Hardy gets brought in and the Italian gang, because that's like my favorite like era of this show. Um, I really like how there's, they, they, it makes it a, a fully fleshed out, like world where like you said you got all these different gangs it's not just the peaky blinders who just kind of run shit like they they're having to broker alliances or kind of battle with all of these other criminal underworld groups in this area of england during this time and it's it's another classic like tv trope of like you know the the main guy is barely keeping everything together while still trying to like you know, get his family or his organization to where it needs to be based on his grand ambitions. And yet the whole time, not only is he fighting enemies outside of his group or his family, but he's fighting his own family who keeps constantly fucking things up. Because like you said, you know, you got his sister who starts getting in bed with the communist, head of the communist guy. And like all this stuff, it makes it like more complicated for Tommy than it would be if he was just dealing with these outside like enemies. You know what I mean? So he's constantly trying to keep his own house in order while also, cause like there, and one thing that's like, if you start watching the show, one thing that becomes abundantly clear is like Tommy is very smart and he's always got some master plan. Like he's thought he's always five or ahead. six moves ahead, but he never tells anyone. Right. And if he does, it's like one person and he won't tell them all of it. So it's like shit will happen and his family is like, oh, my God, what the fuck's happening? What are we going to do? And he's like, listen, it's okay. I've thought this ahead. We're going to do this, and then they're going to do this, and this is what's going to happen. And everyone's like, oh, well, why didn't you just tell us that? And he's like, well, I can't. Because so if you fuck this step up, it yeah. fucks steps yeah. 5 through 15 yeah. up. He plays everything very close to the vest. He's like, the less people who know about my plan, the better. Because that means, you know, obviously, like, more more chances but, of people mouthing off But then that, the that brings time. in turmoil in his family because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be about a family. Yeah. And yeah. the family has the meetings and they make the final decisions, but right. he doesn't tell people, so he's like going behind their back and yeah. you can tell there's, you know, bad blood between parts of them and Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it brings in like a whole nother like realm. Like there's yeah. always internal fighting with the family. And then there's he's always fighting some other, you know, powerful force yeah. outside. And you also have his own brothers and even his sisters, like, will be kind of jockeying for his position at moments or like challenging his authority and he's constantly having to either like kind of beat them back to their position or like talk them out of their ambitions because like another fantastic character is his older brother arthur shelby Dude, i fucking he's love my arthur shelby he's, he's so character. great but he's a total loose cannon <clears throat> he's not like tommy at all who tommy's like reserved very calculated like he's always thinking ahead tommy is a fucking wild loose cannon Arthur, just a total Arthur, yeah. 
Arthur, loose cannon, and also like is prone to getting way too drunk or like snorting too much coke and doing something. Arthur crazy. Arthur is the like, muscle of the family. He's, he's the muscle. Definitely the yeah. muscle of the he's, family. Yeah, definitely. If you if you need him to go storming into a bar somewhere and beat the shit out of some guy to send a message, Arthur's your guy. Like that's <laughs> until he meets his bitch of a wife. Yes. Yeah. And, and then she there's ruins like, everything. There's a whole plot later on, and that's probably like what season four or something. I think that's season three when they get three, married. Maybe. Yeah. Something. And he, he he marries this like devout christian lady who like tries to get him to well, rein in his bad ways and like he you know like he stops cussing and won't drink anymore and everyone's like he, he finds christ yeah and yeah and everyone's like tommy's like dude who are you like what are you this is not the arthur i need and then of course obviously inevitably he flies off the fucking rails again but uh yeah he's a great arthur's dude, a tremendous great. character dude i, he, I think he keeps everything mellow because if he goes off the rails, Tommy can calm him down. But then yeah. if Tommy goes off the rails, somehow Arthur's like, dude, chill. Yeah. Like, yeah. chill out. Like, that's my job. That like, is true. They're the only two that can calm each other down. It's right. like if Arthur flies off the handle, he's just basically like the Hulk and everyone's got to get out of the way. Except for if Tommy, like, reels him in and is like, fucking get your shit together. He's like, all right, all right, sorry. Sorry, Tommy. Like, And same thing for Tommy. Tommy, like, barely ever loses it. But when he does, Arthur's like, all right, man, like, we need you to right. rein it in because we need you're the you're running this shit. And he's like, like okay, if you're, you're dead, then we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Picky Biner's <laughs> gone. So let's let's get back to we were kind of touching into I think it's like season two or three where Tom Hardy's character gets introduced. And that was a real mind blower for me because Tom Hardy, by this point, showing up in Peaky Blinders, he was already a massive movie star. Like Tom Hardy has been in Mad Max, Inception, um, you know, This Means War, I don't know, all kinds of shit. Like uh, Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, he's literally been in some of the biggest movies that have come out in the past 10 to 15 years. He's a massive movie star, tremendous actor, and he just shows up in this like small part in this British television show. And I was like, oh shit, that's Tom Hardy. And he plays this He's Alfie Solomons, who's like the leader of the Jewish gang, mm -hmm. basically, the Jewish organization. And he is fucking tremendous because he's got this beard and he kind of like mumbles a lot and he's kind of like hard to understand. But he's also like definitely like he's got some screws loose. You know what I mean? Like he's he's in control most of the time, but like you can tell he's just capable of flying off the rails at any moment in time. And he's just, he's always like cracking these weird jokes in these tense situations and stuff. And like Tommy, him and Tommy have like this sort of uneasy, they, they eventually have to get into business with each other to kind of like take out some other gang. And so they have this, they broker this kind of uneasy alliance, but like they, neither of them really want, to be like associated with the other one they just kind of do it out of business necessity a little bit but um i remember there was one moment i remember when i when i realized that like alfie's character was like a force to be reckoned with was basically do you remember the 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 part where they're like meeting at Alfie's like place, and it was something to do with like booze, and they it's were his like, gin mill. It's his gin mill that, and it's like underground and dark yeah. and kind of like wet. You know what I mean? And and Tommy has brought his guys in, and him and Alfie are giving a speech to like Alfie's guys and Tommy's guys, saying like, "Here's what we're trying to do. We need you all to do X, Y, and Z, whatever." And some guy like cracks a joke while Alfie's like giving his speech, and Alfie like walks up to him and is like staring at this guy, and then he takes out this like stick like this hard like cane thing mm -hmm. or whatever and he fucking just smacks the dude standing next to the guy that he's staring at like right in the face and just knocks him out with like one yeah. blow 
And he comes back and he's like, when that guy wakes up, the last thing he's going to remember is your fucking joke. And he just like walked away or whatever. Basically being like, I'm not, he's like playing psychological games with him. Like, I'm not even hitting you. I'm hitting him. And now he's going to fuck you up later. Like, right. so quit fucking doing that. Basically. I was like, damn. He just know. like the way, the way Alfie carries, like the way Tom Hardy plays that character is just so fucking intimidating. He's like a little fucking bulldog. You know what I mean? Like he's capable of just blowing up at any moment. Yeah. Well, so he comes in, in season two, the second episode of season okay. two. So okay. he comes in so early when they're two. going okay. against, um, He's more prominent in season three, but that is, yeah, that's when right. he gets introduced. So, Alfie and Tommy try and align themselves season two, episode two, um, to go against Sabini. That's when they're going against that's Sabini, right. who is the, right. the gangster in London. That's right. Man, he, Sabini he, was a real fucker. He's oh the, God, the big guy. gangster in London. Yeah. yeah. And Campbell is still around, and Campbell's that's more right. determined now than ever because... In the last episode of season one, that's right. Grace fucking shoots him. Shoots him when you she's trying to flee. Yeah, and so yeah, you're left with this image in your head. Oh, she shot him. Yeah, he's gonna die, and it, apparently she just shot him in the leg. Yeah, and so he survives, and now he's like walking around with a cane, but he's still trying to fuck shit up. Um, yeah, dude, Alfie's character. I thought the show really got elevated with Alfie's character because he's not a huge part of season two. He's much more prominent in season three, but once they bring him in, I was like, Oh my God, like this, you're bringing in one of the biggest movie stars in the world to play like this really fucking crazy character. And you can tell Tom Hardy's having like such a good time playing Alfie Solomon's. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the pressure of like, you have to be the leading man for the show. He just, you just come in. You're, you're like the fucking sixth man off the bench. Just come in and rain some threes for a few minutes. Just cause havoc. You know what I mean? His character is so like important though. And you don't realize it until you get caught up with the full show. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's, I mean, Alfie, I think is the one who ends up freeing Arthur and John Mm -hmm. because they were captured and they were going to be executed. Yeah. Same with Polly. Yeah. And I think Alfie was the one that helped to get everything figured out so they weren't executed. Yeah. There's and- um there's two moments with Alfie's character that really stick out in my head. One of them is that one I was just saying, and there's another one where I every once in a while I'll just look up this scene on YouTube and I can't remember like what season it happens in. Maybe it's like season 3, but something has gone on. I forget all the specifics and like Tommy's son has been abducted by like that weird fucking preacher guy who was like somehow in the charge. IRA. Yeah. That guy was a real fucker too. There's a lot of really good villains the in the show. Yeah. So anyway, I think he had like somehow organized taking Tommy's son and holding him hostage. And I think Alfie had something to do with it. And so like Tommy obviously is freaking out and he's like kind of losing his shit and is super angry. And he like confronts Alfie about it. And Alfie like yells back at Tommy and he's like, because basically Tommy's like, you crossed a line. And he's like, what fucking line am I supposed to have crossed? He's like, we're all criminals. We're bad people. Right. And he gives him this speech about like, there is no line, Tommy. Like, there, what line have I, have I supposedly fucking crossed? It's like this great moment between him and like Alfie like gets all up in Tommy's face and is just fucking screaming at him. It's just a really, really great scene. Um, but yeah, dude, Tom Hardy is just money in fucking anything. Well, and then guy. let's not forget that Tommy ends up killing. Right. Alfie on the beach and yeah. taking his dog. Yeah, and then he takes. Yeah, he's he like, takes his yeah, dog. Yeah, this is my dog now, bitch. Well, because he's like, he's like, 
t- Alfie knows he's about to shoot him, and he's like, "Can you just at least take care of my dog?" And he's like, "Yeah, I will." And he, like, well, I think shoots him, and then like walks off with the dog. I think it's funny though because they were both ready to kill each other there. Like, yeah, Alfie yeah. shoots and he yeah. hits Tommy, but he he hits him I think in the shoulder, so yeah. a non you know like a non mortal wound. Yeah. And then the last image you see of that is Tommy walking off with the dog and Alfie bleeding out on the beach. Right. And then in season five, you get fucking Molly whopped when Alfie's chilling at home and you're right. like, wait. Yeah, what? when Tommy Tommy needs some sort of a favor, goes to this random house all by himself and out comes Alfie. And he's got he's like limping his the way side out. of his face is all fucked up because like when Tommy shot him, it like went through his cheek. And so like yeah. he's got like this gray kind of milky eye and his whole side of his face is all fucked up and He's just acting crazy as ever. He like, sits there and looks at boats in the harbor, yeah. like passing by. Like he's like an old man that it's, watches yeah, birds. It's and, Alfie living the quiet life. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not living the quiet life. You find right, out because right. he still has all of his, you know, Jewish friends. Uh-huh. And, oh, dude, that show is just so like it's fucking great, so much man. happens within six episodes of every season. Yes, yes. Because Grace dies at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. That's so a big moment like, for Tommy. They bring Grace in first episode, and all of a sudden they get married, and she's dead at the end of season two. Right. By, oh, I can't remember who kills her. It was... You know, I think it was the Italians who were in London or in England. It was like the Italian, the head Italian guy, like one of his sons did it, I think. Right. And then Tommy ends up killing him, and then that's why later on in season three, um, Luca Cengreta is Luca comes over from... From America to revenge, it's like his brother or his cousin who got killed by Tommy. I'm pretty sure that's season oh, wait, three. That's season three. Season three. Yeah. Yeah. I got my numbers mixed up. So Adrian Brody, another massive fucking movie star, plays Luca Cengreta, who is the um, one of the Italian gangsters who comes over from America, like from New York City to England to revenge, like his or avenge his brother's death, basically at the hands of Tommy. And that season is incredible because they come over there and they start fucking shit up. Yeah, like, that's uh, what's um, not Tommy's youngest brother, but like not John. Arthur. John. John gets killed. I think John's right, married. He gets yeah. killed in front of his wife. Yep. Michael, who is Polly's son, who earlier in this the series was not abducted, but more or less told from Tommy Shelby, "Hey, your mom. I you know she's my aunt. You can come that's meet right. your real that's right. mom." Michael. I think we should explain Michael real quick for anyone who doesn't know. Michael is a big character because Michael's a he's, bitch. He's Polly's real son, real son. But she like he, he was, was taken from taken her from, from her when from he like was a, a baby or something, right? From like child services, yeah. Because her husband, I believe, was a, a an abusive drunk, yeah. And so child services took. Uh, their daughter and son. Yeah. And so Polly was left with no kids. Yeah. And then later on, Michael shows up when he's like, I don't know, in his late teens or early twenties right. or something. Because Tommy tracks him down. He was seventeen yeah. because he couldn't legally leave without his adoptive mother's yeah. consent and signature until he turned eighteen. And Tommy brings, you know, meets with him at their house, and then all of a sudden he just shows up, mm-hmm. and, and then he gets brought into the family. Yeah. Well, and Tommy. Brings Michael in. He doesn't want him like I think Polly tells Tommy like I don't want him getting involved with like the nastier side of the right. Business. He he brings him in when Shelby Limited yeah is a legit business yeah. so, in London right. So he bring he's like Michael. I'm gonna take you under my wing. You're gonna run the like legitimate side right, of things. Run the books. the books for the the legal above board side of the business. 
And then, obviously, inevitably, that's not how it stays. Michael gets involved with all of the shit, right. inevitably, that they have to go through. And he gets, like, shot, and he's, like, on his deathbed at one point, and that really fucks up Polly. And He's on his deathbed in a hospital, <clears throat> and then the Italians get in there. They kill the two guards. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, that season is is my favorite just I think that's my of, favorite season. Of how, like, you, you know nothing. Like, you have no clue what's going to happen. Yeah. And then they bring in... Um, Oh, what the fuck is his name? It's not uh, Gray. Why Why can't I think of it? Who are you talking about? Which character? Is it the Golds? Aberama Gold? Is that yes. who you're thinking of? Aberam- he brings in the Golds yes. in that season as more or less hired mercenaries because they're like they're pretty much psychopaths. And they're like gypsies, kill for right? gold. They're, they're gypsies they're as well. They're gypsy hitmen, basically, right? Right, yeah. but they're like some of the most feared. Like they're, they're ruthless yeah, yeah. in what they do. And so they bring him in to help yeah. deal with it. And Aberama Gold is played by uh, Aiden Gillian, who plays Littlefinger on Game yep. of Thrones. Tremendous yes. fucking villain. He's, he's such a good villain, villain dude. Yes. And so he's not really a villain in Peaky Blinders. I mean, I guess you could say he kind of is, but he's like on the Shelby side, so he's not he, really he, like yeah, a villain. He's yeah, like, I mean, he's definitely he's a, a bad hired, guy. He's a hired villain yeah. for them. Right, but he's on their side. But so, they bring yeah. him in, and then like all of that shit just turns like, the Italians are running, you know. Yeah. They, they didn't bring in, like, an army. I mean, they brought in an army, I guess you could yeah. say. I think there was 20 people there. Yeah. And they brought in people from other families to come in and fight. Right. But the ending to that season was the most satisfying turn of events I think I've ever seen. It's pretty great. Is they're, they're in... Because now Tommy's in the gin business. He has his yeah. own distillery. Yeah. Again, this is all going on, I think, at the start of Prohibition. So right, right. Liquor in like the U.S. was illegal, but yeah. bootlegging was becoming a booming. So they, thing. they make a bunch of money from so bootlegging. They make yeah, a bunch yeah. of money from bootlegging um, and starting to you know their trade over in the U.S. with gin and whiskey. And, yeah. Um, you know the cocaine they get into and yeah. the opium they end up getting yep. into. Like that's how they start making all the big chunk of their money. Right. But they're in his <laughs> gin mill, and he's like. Chingretta's like, you're going to sign everything over to my family. Right. And he's like on his knees begging for forgiveness yeah. and everything. All of a sudden, he's just dead. And he's like, yeah, there's one thing you forgot, though. You know, you guys work for the highest bidder, and someone paid a higher price. Yeah. And they all just turn, and he's like, yeah, you guys are like, everything just like, you're like, what? Yeah, so essentially, Tommy reached out to the other families in the U.S. in New York and was like, can I hire your guys to kill Luca right. Cingretta, essentially? And, or, like, and he was like, well, we'll give you everything that Cingretta's family right. owns. Like, it's yours. We don't want a single thing. Yeah. It's all yours. And I think there was something to do with the fact that they were willing to do that because, like, Luca Cingretta was kind of causing problems already, I guess. Right. He was a little bit of a loose cannon. So they were like, okay, we can work with this English gangster and get rid of him. You know, win win for everyone. Right. So, yeah, he turned, Tommy turns everyone on Luca right at the very end and kills and, him. And no one, no one knows about it. It's, yeah. It's one of his secrets going Again, in because yeah. had he told Polly or Arthur or any like they would have gone into the thing and probably said something which would have got him killed. Right, right. And they go in there and they're all like getting ready to be fucking executed and all of a sudden he just kills him and I was like, Yeah, oh, that's so satisfying. Like that this turn of events. It was great. Although apparently season six happens in the US. Like it's more based oh, in the US. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, I yeah. haven't seen an episode, but apparently Tommy comes over to the U.S. Okay. Because, I mean, I know we're skipping around, but we kind of right, have to. Right. Like, it all makes sense if you yeah. watch the show. Because the ending of season five is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. 
an assassination attempt on a fascist with the help of a Jewish gangster. Yeah, so I was going to say, I think season five is actually my second favorite season other than season three. Season three with the Italians and Luca Cingretta is my favorite season. Season five is a mind-boggling season. Season five, I, I think the reason why, I, why I'm saying season five is my second favorite season is because it starts, you know, kind of at the beginning of this conversation, I was saying like each season, the threats they have and Tommy's ambitions get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. So by season five, he's like an official member of English parliament. Yep. Like he's gone he's fully elected member. Yeah. Fully from legit. From the socialist party right. or the communist party. Excuse me. Fully, fully legit while also still operating all of these, you know, criminal un- enterprises he's and married stuff. to his ex. Yes. Hooker. Yes. So, um, and then, so by season five, he's not, you're not dealing with like just one, bad detective like you You're were dealing in season with, yeah, one or it's, a gangster or, or, or one particular gangster now he's literally fighting off against like the leader this guy who is incredibly fucking dangerous because he's a member he's also a member of the English parliament and he's a like the head guy of the fascist party right, in England. He's and, starting a fascist. Yeah, and keep in mind this is like we're getting closer and closer to World War II and like when right. fascism rose in Germany and Hitler rose to power. So we're getting very very close to this time period and you can start to see the seeds of this dangerous idea forming and like this guy gaining more and more power. And I remember there's a really cool moment where like Tommy's got his official like big boy office in English Parliament or whatever, and this guy kind of comes in, and they have this kind of like you know political back and forth like square off, and then he leaves, and like Arthur and a few more of the members of the family come in, and he's like, Tommy gives this little speech about like we have faced off against evil people before. He's like, the man who was just in this chair who just left is the most evil person we will face. What? And and it sets and he, you like, up. He realizes like how fucking dangerous this guy really is, right? Because it's not just a gangster from a back alley in London that has yeah. you know his gang yeah. of people. This is a it's someone with politi- legitimate power. And yeah. and at one point, I, I don't know the episode, but um, he goes and this the guy I can't remember his name. Who's the yeah? Let's look up his name. He's uh, a fucking tremendous. He's played by the guy is from um, the Hunger Games. Do you remember him in the Hunger Games? He plays. Uh, that fucking like blonde dude who throws the spears a lot. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. No, that's not him. Is it, it is. I, yeah, it is. I just let's see if we can find him. Oh man, what's his name? Sam Claffin. He okay. plays Os- Oswald Mosley. Os- Oswald. Okay, so yeah, he is. So he's. He's the fascist, and he He's goes. Finnick from the Hunger Games. Do you remember? Oh Finnick? yeah, okay. Yeah. Same, same, same actor. Okay, so he goes. I have a friend in Italy. I would like you to meet. And he goes. His name is Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> so you hear that, and anyone that knows history goes, Ah, Mussolini, Hitler right. were. Yeah. This the is where two we're main going. axes yeah. Yeah. in the fascist party, and I believe the Nazis were already a political party during this time. So yeah, this is the rise of, you know. The, the fascist movement in Europe and because I, th- I think season five takes place it's either late 20s or like sometime in the mid 30s which is really right before five. World War II starts to pop off and so this is definitely the rise of the fascist party especially in England and that's what starts to scare Tommy so much like he sees this and he's like oh fuck like this is a problem this guy's a real issue right they're they're anti-fascist they're anti-communist 
But now they have both October coming. 29th, 1929. So, so they're just getting close to the yeah, 30s. Yeah, is when this show starts for that season five. But, yeah. like, I think Hitler and the fascist party comes into power in the early 30s, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're right. And so that, you know, that movement, yeah, it's in the height it's of the movement. It's starting to spread, yeah. And in the show, they're like, yeah, you know, we hate Jews. They're doing the Nazi salute uh-huh. and everything. And you're like, you're starting to pick up that... He's not fighting against just one political man, but he's legit fighting against the Nazi party. Like a whole movement, yeah. And, That's going to turn out to eventually, for people who know history, the main right. fucking bad guys in World and, War II. Yeah. And part of it, too, though, is it, this goes back to the you know regular history, is the Russians are another you know group of people that he ends up fighting with mm-hmm. Alfie, um, and they're the, the communist side. Right, they're they're yeah. the the communist side that he ends up fighting. So he's fought communism and joined them, and now he's fighting fascism, and that's where it leaves off. Is they had this master plan to assassinate him with mm-hmm. you know an escaped asylum, yeah, or a, a insane oh, that's asylum. Right. That's I forgot about sniper that part. from yeah. World War One that he he brought him it was one in. One of Tommy's he, war buddies, yeah, who like, had gone crazy to and, snipe yeah. him. He gets killed up in the theater before he could get the shot off by someone we don't know. Right. And then um, uh, Gold gets killed on the stage by people we don't know. Yep. And so Arthur and Tommy and, um, oh, he's the Lee. What's the Lee guy? He's. he's, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. uh, I forget his name. He's so funny. But he's like the main Lee brother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not gonna. He ought to be listed up there somewhere because he's one of like the main characters, basically. I'm bad with the names because, like I said, it's been so long. And there's, I mean, there's so many characters in here that you just, um, you don't know. Like, dude, he's not on the top. Are you kidding me? Oh come on. Anyway, I know you're talking about. But he and Arthur are like, Tommy, we gotta go, and like, yeah. They escape, but it's like, who spoiled their plans to yeah. assassinate him? Because if he assassinated him, then that fascist movement would stop in the UK. Right. He was the head of that movement there. And another thing we should mention, Tommy has an actual in-person face-to-face meeting with Winston Churchill. Right. He's he's working for the crown yeah. to get rid of the fascist movement. Cause, yeah, because the only time the, the English government really gets involved in this show is when big things like that are happening, where it's like... Right. There's some big political revolution happening that the English crown doesn't want and they want to squash it. So they'll they'll sometimes use these back channels and use these gangsters to kind of help them well, and- achieve their goals. And so um, he basically Tommy kind of gets in bed with this guy who is a member of the fascist party and kind of pretends to be fascist, but meanwhile the whole time is planning on assassinating him. Right. And I remember there's his whole scene with Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill's asking him, like, you're not actually fascist, are you? And he's like, no, but now I'm in on the inside so I can tell you what's going on and let you know, like, when they're holding rallies, yada, yada, well, yada. Well, this is the second political party he's faking being a part yeah, of. I was going to say, he hasn't he done joined, that. It's not the first time he, he's he done that. He joined the yeah. Communist Party yeah. to feed information to the crown. Right. To help in exchange stop, for favors right, and stuff, yeah. To help stop the Russian movement yeah. of communism, yeah. So it's like he's legit just playing everybody yeah. because he thinks. So I think his biggest favor with the crown is um, they won't stop any of his barges or ships. Right. He's got trade. Yeah, um, there's no, no like embargoes on his trade. He's allowed yeah. to send whatever he wants wherever he wants to. Yeah. Like 
that he's he's trying to legitimize his business and get them out from being gangsters to right. where he's like, I'm done doing all that yeah. petty shit. And you can still make money. I'm a millionaire yeah. from other things. Right. And so yeah, this is his second time acting as a special, you know, like political for the party. Government. Yeah. yeah. And I think my hunch is in one of the episodes in season five, Michael and his wife, who they're blamed with losing like all the Shelby's oh, fortune right. because that's when the Great Depression happened. So the yeah massive uh, market crashes and Thomas told Michael, sell everything yeah. so we get our money out. <clears throat> and he didn't. He held on listening to someone from Wall Street yeah. when it crashed. And so Michael and his wife are now back in Birmingham. And in one of the episodes in season five, uh, Michael goes, this is when Tommy says, you need to be gone or I will kill you when I come back. Yeah. And he leaves and his wife goes, well, I guess we're going to have to do it the other way. And that's the last you see of them. And part of me thinks they have something to do with this. Yeah. So, so his Michael's wife from the U S is played by Anya Taylor joy, who has recently become a massive movie star herself. Um, she was in Last Night in Soho this past year. She's been in like The Witch, was a really popular movie. She was the star of The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. It was a gigantic show. So she's like a big time actress herself. But um, she, her character in the show, I think, has some sort of illegal gangster like connections in the U.S. I think her family is a powerful U.S. Right. So she's like kind of gotten in Michael's ear and is like, "You should be the leader of the Peaky Blinders, not Tommy." So Michael comes with this business proposal, this this you know this proposition, and Tommy basically just shits all over it and is like, "Fuck you, you're not going to do it." Whatever. Tommy's afraid of power grabs from yes. people in his family. Yeah. He's got like his schizophrenia kicks yeah. in and is like, yeah. "They're going to kill me." Like yeah. they want to be the head of this sh- yeah. Shelby family. And, and so that's when what you were talking about, where she's like, "We'll have to do this the other way." She's talking about, okay, we're going to use my family's influence to like get you in position to lead this gang over here. But by doing so, he's going to have to betray his entire family over there. So, Right, and then that's, that's, that's where I get interested in why is the rumor from what I've heard, again, we haven't seen it yet, is that this season takes place in the U.S. So Tommy is yeah. like in the U.S. Because the last, uh, the last image we see in the show is Tommy in the middle of a field with a gun to his head. Right, like about to commit suicide. Right, yeah. and then but you know he doesn't obviously. Because well, I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, they made another season, so presumably he's still well, alive. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know. I don't know. It's it's interesting because you don't really know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know who killed the sniper. We don't know who killed Gold. Someone clearly double-crossed them. Someone, Someone powerful who, them. who knows information that they didn't think they knew. Right. So, But at the meeting where he told everybody, it was Arthur, him. Uh, I think it's their uncle who works like the docks with... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, why, why can't I remember his name? He, he's like the horse... Guy, he is he the dude who's got like special needs? Yeah, is that the guy you're, yeah. The character you're talking about, dude. He's one of my favorite characters in that show. And he's always just super happy. And, he's always yeah. happy. And he goes, oh, and they're like, we need grenades. And he's like, how many? And they're like three. Yeah. He goes, okay, yeah. And, and he, he like just, shows up with three. He'll grenades. scurry off and come back with whatever they asked for. Like, all right, he's one of my favorite characters. But I think he was there because they trust him. He right, yeah, would never cross them. And then Michael and his wife, and I don't even. I think. Uh, I don't think Polly was there because Abarama was there. Right. 
and then the their younger brother who is I forget the younger brother's name. Like the youngest one. Is that who, uh, the one Finn. you're talking about? Finn, yeah. So there's Arthur, Tommy, John, and Finn, and Ada, I think, are all like the, the four Shelbys. Yeah. They're the like siblings. And then you got Polly, obviously, is the aunt. And then Michael is like a half-brother to them or whatever. Right. He's yeah. just a cousin. Or so. a cousin, I guess. Yeah. But they're all part of a family, and that's yeah. all that matters. Dude, can we talk about, is it the Bowery Boys from fucking Scotland? I forget who, remind me again who they were. They're, which, so, which season was so this? So they're not, the, okay, so Abraham Gold's son gets killed by the, Bowery right. boys and like hung up on a like crucified. Oh, okay, I remember that. Yeah, and then Arthur that. tries to blow the Bowery boys. I think it's the Bowery boys, something like that. They're like the Irish gang, right? No, yeah. they're the Scottish gang. Scottish, Scottish. Okay, and they want the bookies, you know, to come down south and and yeah, but they're like fucking. They're, they're horrible. A psycho. Yeah, gang. they're fucking horrible. But they become allies because of. The fascist guy. So you don't really get to see like a war erupt between the two gangs because they get brought together because they're both working for um, the fascist leader. Mm. So like yeah. it's one of those things like I want I wanted them to be more of a villain because they seemed like they would just fuck shit up. And yeah, like, they were pretty horrible. Yeah, they're bad. I remember them. But now that you say that, I remember the whole scene of them coming out of the woods and killing uh, Abarama's son, son in front of him and like putting him up on a cross and shit. Yeah. They're, they're fucking horrible. Dude, and and that to me is the biggest miss of the show is that they didn't get their own like villain yeah. story. Like their I think, chance to be the main villains. I yeah. think they could have been, you know, a season one or two main villain. And isn't that when like, like right after that, Abarama, th- since his son gets killed, just goes fucking ham and starts killing a whole bunch of those guys and he like right. so, pours so, hot tar over one of them and stuff. Like right. he goes so, fucking So hard. they're acting like they're paving the road. He pours yeah. hot tar over them after he gets some of his gypsy. I think he goes, um, Polly drops him off with his sister and then he gets them and they yeah. slaughter a bunch on the roadway and then Tommy says that the leader will be killed by gold during the assassination attempt. So gold was going to assassinate yeah. or kill him when the assassination attempt went down on the fascist guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And he ended up dying before he could kill him. That's because right. He wanted That's to right. avenge his son. Yeah. And then Arthur, you know, went to Arthur, like Abarama, almost gets killed. Yeah. And he sets up a grenade to like catch the Bowery boys coming in and it blows up. And I don't know if it killed anybody, but like, Dude, it just goes so many different ways, and all of a sudden they're like friends working together. Yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, the show ends with Tommy being – he's that whole season five, he's like really struggling with PTSD, and like he's like hallucinating. He's, he's drinking like a whole bunch of opium and shit, yep. and like hallucinating grace, and like he's starting to like – it's starting to fall apart a little bit for him. I think he's – so I think he was – he wasn't okay with dying. He wanted to live and he wanted to live like yeah. a, a prosperous life. And then when Grace died, I think part of him died. Like he was right. so in love with her that, yeah. and, and he blames himself for her death. Yeah. And so when she died, you know, part of him died and now he's having those visions and she's like, it's okay. We've accomplished what we wanted to. Yeah. So she's like, okaying him dying and like yeah. to be with her. Yeah. And he's, he like goes through like I'm gonna kill myself, and then he's like somehow gets out of it, and yeah. then is like fine, and then I'm gonna kill myself, and then he's fine again, and you're like, 
yeah, this dude's on a roller coaster this season. Yeah. We have no clue what he's going to do. And then yeah. it ends off with him holding a gun to his head. But it's like, I guarantee you season six starts with him like calmly, coolly walking down like a road. <laughs> like to, to, to yeah. figure something out. He's just going to be like calm. Yeah. I think maybe since this is the final season, maybe they'll continue that storyline of Tommy kind of losing his mind a little bit. And that's going to come into play with like, he's trying to juggle all these different things that have like these vast consequences. And maybe he just starts losing it too much that he slips up a couple times. And that's like the downfall of the family. Maybe. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see how they end this. I want it. I want them to end with the Shelby's being on top. Like I want them to just like win it all and be like, yeah, you know, we're the fucking baddest around, but part of me, like I don't want Arthur to die. Yeah. Like he's like almost died twice. Like they've like faked it out a couple times where it's like, oh fuck, Arthur's dead, and then it's like surprise, he's not. right. So they played it out that he died during the the boxing fight. Yeah, and that was with the who attacked him then. I don't know. I forget. I remember he was fighting a guy, a boxer who Alfie Solomons had put up. I think it was Alfie's gang then who maybe I forget because Alfie, Alfie tried to kill him before. Alfie goes back and forth between like whether he wants to fuck over the Shelby's or he like wants to be allies. Yeah, he just with them. he just picks who's the highest bidder yeah. at that point. Yeah, but yeah, Arthur almost died. He almost died before by Alfie who shot him. Right, and then he almost dies at the boxing match. But um, and then I he, think Tommy gets in there just in time right, right. and shoots the guy who's strangling him. Yeah. And then, and then he almost he gets plays killed. It off and, that he did die. Though. Right? Yeah. He he plays it in that season like he is dead, and everyone thinks Arthur's dead. And then like they bring him back at the end. Um, and then he almost gets killed. Arthur almost gets killed in season five by those these mysterious people who have foiled right. the assassination attempt. But he's like quick enough to like see the guy coming, and he kills him first. So, yeah, I feel like Arthur might bite the dust in season six. Dude, I hope not. I hope he escapes. He's he's come close his, too close with it too many and times. Kid, and they go live happily ever after. They were gonna go to like San Francisco, so they could go live happily ever after yeah. there. Yeah, I hope he doesn't die. He's such a fun character to watch. He is. A, he's a blast. There was like that. It was really funny watching his when he first kind of marries and is with that that Christian chick and she's trying to get him to like go straight basically and they have a son together and stuff and like he grows his hair out all long and he's got that long ass mustache and he's kind of like hippie Arthur for a while you know what I mean it it was really (laughs) funny when uh, at at Thomas's wedding to uh, Grace because he stands up and he wants to give this best man speech and like be heartfelt about it yeah and Tommy's like shut up Arthur just sit down yeah fuck off and and (laughs) And it like hurts Arthur. He's yeah, like, yeah, he's like really deeply he, hurt. He's by deeply it, yeah. hurt by it because he wanted to say these kind words. Yeah, and oh yeah, that was funny. I was like, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm sorry. Like you know, they live in their own farmhouse. Like they're right. doing well. And then that's when the Italian one came through because they mm-hmm. got the the black mark or whatever it was called. Yeah, they send them this like black hand, the black print hand in a, on a on a letter or something, which means that they're guaranteed to die. Yeah. And, yeah. His wife doesn't get that, and he's like, "No, like we're fucked." And so then yeah. he kind of turns back into this. That's like, right. That's right. He has know. to explain to his wife, like, "I gotta go back to my old ways to save us, basically." Right. Like, Otherwise, we're all just dead. Yeah, you gotta let the beast out. Like I, John, I our brother's us. dead because yeah. of this. He thought they could, you know, yeah. fight for themselves. And, yeah. Ah, oh, such a good show, bro. Dude, just it's great. Put all of I'm so glad you're watching it. On it. I'm so glad you're watching it. Like, <sighs> dude, I'll probably rewatch this show a lot too. I think I'm gonna rewatch it at some point too. It the the thing that will get me to rewatch it is the fact that it's not so long. Yeah. Like even though there's gonna be episodes. six seasons, it's like 
there's only six episodes per season. That's not that much. You know what I mean? You can watch that a lot more quickly than you can watch some show that's like 13 episodes per season yeah. or whatever. So I love it, dude. And they're I've, interesting, though. They, they'll like, those episodes suck you yeah, in. Yeah, there's like, no – I think that's what I like about the fact that there's only six per season is there's no filler episodes. No, it's like – There's no episodes the where nothing happens. There's so much that happens in each episode. It's like you got to be fucking glued in and paying yeah, they, attention. They could have definitely dragged – they could have probably done 10 episodes – a season yeah but there'd be some but, episodes that are like eh, like not much right happened you're, or whatever. it's yeah. like a setup episode that you're yeah. like okay well what happens next and then right. you get in that and you're like holy shit that's why i i think to talk about peaky blinders just in relation to like a lot of other shows i think that that hurts a lot of shows there's a lot of shows out there that would be better suited if they made less episodes because it would be a lot tighter storytelling like, like quit building it up for five episodes right. just yeah get like, rid of those five episodes and then because there's a lot everything. of just filler episodes just because they're like well we got to make 30 episodes this season or whatever so there's a lot of episodes that just like nothing happens you know you're just it's building up to some big thing it's money but with grabbing. peaky blinders there's none of that it's just like every episode, right, every episode is fucking crazy yeah every episode has a meaning to the next episode yeah it's definitely a show that hooks you when I watched the first episode, I was kind of like, it kind of starts a little slow, like the first episode, just because you're kind of like, we got to build into the family and yeah, who they are. Yeah. And then, but it kind of hooks you because the end always leaves you like, oh, what the fuck? They do have next? a lot of like cliffhanger episodes at the end of each episode. Right. So then you go watch the next episode. And yeah. You're like, All right, I got to finish this. And, and then like, they oh, end the, and they end the it, season yeah. and you're like, well, oh, motherfucker, I got to go see what happens in season two now because right, you right. just left off, you know. They always end the season with like the introduction to the next villain, and you're like, "Well, uh -huh. I gotta see who the fucking villain yeah, is." Yeah, like, well, who's this? Guy? And then you watch, yeah. and you're like, "Oh god, I gotta watch this episode because this oh, just happens." Man. And I what gotta a great figure show. Out. Well, maybe I'll, I'll try and figure out when season six is actually going to be on Netflix, and maybe I'll actually rewatch the whole show. <clears throat> I would assume if they drop it after every episode's been aired, it'll be released in what six weeks. So I would, yeah, that would I would make say sense, I guess. you know a month and a half, two months. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, like I was saying at the, uh, at the top, um, I don't really know how they've done that in the past. I, I thought that season five just dropped on Netflix, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention and like it had already aired in on BBC, and then they were like, oh, now Netflix has it or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't even seen the trailer. I did find the trailer. I found it on YouTube last night. So, <laughs> so we're about to watch this shit. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, for to anyone out there who, I guess if you're listening to this podcast and if you've listened this far, you've either seen it or you're heavily interested in the show and you don't care about spoilers. But watch Peaky Blinders on Netflix. It's one of the all-time underrated shows. It's it's fucking it's fantastic. Great. It's fucking great. Is this going to be part of the podcast or are we watching this after? Well, I don't think they'd be able to hear it, okay. so we can watch it after. Yeah, let's watch it after. But. Oh, yeah, if you haven't seen Peaky Blinders and you've hung around this long, we haven't really spoiled. I mean, we've, we've told you major things that happened, yeah. but just go watch it because we miss a lot of details just because. Right, right. Like, like we're we just, just hitting said, like the main things. Everything has importance in every show. So like we're missing out on a lot of big things. Yeah. So go watch it. Do yourself that favor because you're yeah. you won't be disappointed. Yeah. If you like action shows, if you like shows with like really intelligent writing with like political maneuvering if you like gangster shows it's right up your alley plus it's a period piece so it's kind of cool seeing like the old-timey cars and the old-timey clothes and people just chain smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey all the time like it's fucking cool it's yeah, just a really cool show it's fucking great yeah it's fucking great yeah so anyway i think we could probably wrap this up i think we did a pretty <laughs> yeah. good 
pretty good recap of this. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably come back to it maybe after season six. Well, let's do like, that. We'll, let's we'll do let's reconvene after season months. six. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, I'll probably rewatch it before I rewatch all the seasons. Like I'll probably yeah. rewatch from one to six again. Just it's yeah. that. I mean, it's that good that yeah. I could sit down and rewatch, even though I finished it probably a month ago. Yeah, I could rewatch everything again. Just for the build up to season six, just so oh, like so I'm good. refreshed on everything. I remember one of the first times I had ever even heard about it, Bill Burr mentioned it on his podcast like years ago, and he was talking about how he was recommending it to everyone, but he said if you're gonna watch it, put subtitles on. Because it's like when you first start watching it, you're not used to how thick their accents right. are. And it, it's definitely they're all speaking English. It's just like this really thick English, like old timey English accent. And it's a little bit hard to understand at first. You do get used to it, but like the subtitles do help just to make sure you're catching all the dialogue and stuff. But I remember him talking about it like years ago, and I was like, I should check that out. And then I've been hooked ever Dude, since. So I, I've always wanted to watch it. I just never like. I just rewatch every other show instead yeah, of starting yeah, it. And I'm yeah. like, one night, you know, I think it was the start of the year. I was like, I'm just gonna watch Peaky Blinders, and I started it, and I was like. I am so happy I did this. I've been hyping it up to anyone who will listen for years now. I'm like, you fucking, you should watch. I think I've got a couple people that have now watched it. Yeah. And I always sit there and I'm just like, Mr. Shelby. Yeah. Just the way they talk is so fucking cool. Courtesy of the peaky fucking (laughs) I'm always just like saying that and people are like, what? That's how I say it. Anytime I'm sitting with Taya and we're like scrolling through Netflix looking for something to watch, I scroll past it and I'm like the peaky fucking blindest. You have to you have to say it like you Arthur, have to say he, it like he that. just yeah. says it perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. He, he'll like do something and he goes, courtesy of the peaky fucking blindest. <laughs> yeah, it's and you're so like, funny. yeah, it's the peaky so fucking money. blindest. It's so money. All right. Well, I think we can wrap this up. As you can tell, we're very enthusiastic about peaky blinders. Yeah. But now we're both gonna go watch it. So yeah. So, yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, um, thanks for sticking with us this far. Um, we will see you next week when next we're week, talking about whatever. I think next week we're going to do either a Paradox episode or a Conspiracy Theory. So yeah. if you listen this far, shoot us you know, a comment somewhere and just give us an idea of a uh, Conspiracy Theory you would like us to cover. We'll definitely do episodes on you know a hundred different Conspiracy Theories because – they're all going to be just fun to talk fascinating. About. Yeah, so yeah. shoot us an email or uh, a notification somewhere on a um, episode you'd like to see us do for a conspiracy theory. And uh, I think we'll probably pop one out next week with either a paradox or a, a yeah. conspiracy theory episode. So so look forward to that coming soon on the Just Browser podcast. Yeah, that'll be another mind-boggling episode. Yeah, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be fun. But yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, an episode like that. So. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys uh, next week. Yeah, until next time, everybody.